0: Good morning. Thank you for that, Larry. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. It is great to see you here this morning. Uh, We are grateful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's always good to gather together, and so as you prepare your hearts for worship this morning, we're going to read Psalm 131. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. So as we read through this, I just want to uh, encourage you to take a moment and just prepare your heart for the Lord and fix your eyes on Him this morning. Psalm 131, verse 1, "My heart is not proud. Lord, my eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a wean child with this mother, a wean child, I am content. Israel, put your hope. In the Lord, both now and forevermore. Uh, Church, I just want to encourage you to just be still before the Lord today and just allow the Lord to uh, show Himself to you. And I pray that we would put our hope in Him, right? Today and every day, there's not much hope to be found around us. And so today, put your hope in the Lord, renew your hope in the Lord, and let's pray together this morning. God, we thank you for this day and we are thankful to be here together, gathered together in this sacred space, in this sacred community. Lord, I just pray that you would be present in this place. Lord, I pray that that we would remove the distractions that we brought in with us this morning and that we would all fix our eyes upon you and that we would open up our hearts to you and your word this morning. And God, we worship you today. We gather here as your set-apart people, and we worship you, our amazing God, who sees us, who loves us, who helps us. And in you, we can put our trust and our hope, and we worship you for that today, Lord. Thank you for your love for us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here to move among us today. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen.
1: Come You'll rule and reign in
0: our hearts again.
1: Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze
2: with hope like life.
1: Your oh dear.
0: Let's continue in an attitude of worship and prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we declare to you once again that we are yours and you are ours. God, will you continue to reveal to us what it looks like to be your people Will you continue to remind us what we are to look like as your holy, called, sent out people? Devil, you and your distractions are not welcome here. So just keep going. God, would you remind us of what it means to be your children? Would you remind us, God, what it looks like to be sons and daughters of the creator, God? God, would you remind us of how you see us and how you love us? That we are are broken, flawed individuals who are just trying to find our way. And we mess up along the way. We let others down. We let ourselves down. But God, you continue to call us back to you, reminding us of just how much you love us. And your mercy and your grace that is given to us. God, may we rest in your confidence this morning. That we are seen and adored, and loved by you. May we also be reminded of the truth of what that means for us, that we are to not sit idly by day after day, but we are called to go. We are called to move We are called to actively love and minister to those around us, pointing them to the truth and love and grace and redemption found in you, O Lord. Sometimes that is really difficult to do. And today that feels incredibly difficult and impossible to do at times. But God, may we remember that we cannot accomplish this on our own, that it's only through your power, the power of your Holy Spirit that lives within us, that we can go, be, and do. So Lord, speak to us through your word. Speak to us, God, through your teachings. Open up our hearts, Give us the ears to hear your word this morning. God, we love you. And we say and pray all of this in Jesus' name, who's with us and who helps us. And all God's people said, amen and amen. I'm going to invite you, I know you just sat down and I'm so sorry about that, but I am gonna invite you to stand once more this morning for um, the reading of our scripture passage today found in the book of James, chapter 1, and we're reading verses 19 through 27. James says this, "'My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry.' Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says." Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceives themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world." This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I'm not sure how familiar you might be with this passage, but the more I have thought about this passage this week, the more I have just meditated on these words and have just tried to let them simmer and soak uh, in my heart the more I realize that this is a really important passage for this day that we are in today, that this is a word for the church in 2021. Right? And maybe particularly in our uh, Western American context. This is a word for us, and forgive me for my cheesiness, but we ought to listen to this word. You're gonna get really tired of hearing that word listen today, and we're just gonna like beat that dead horse, okay? So just bear with me. But while it seems like James is talking about different things here, and don't get me wrong, I think you could almost pull a couple of different sermons from this passage, really what he's saying in this body of text actually goes together really well. And it all fits together, in my mind anyways, like a puzzle. And hopefully I can help you see and understand that today. Let's think about this word listening for a second. This, this idea of listening, if you might remember, is something that you started learning about at a very young age, right? In kindergarten, especially, or maybe preschool, when you're in a classroom setting, you really start to hear what it means to listen to the teacher. You've already heard this at home, to, to listen and obey your mom and dad. But this idea of listening is a concept that is very basic and simple and one we start hearing about at such a young age, And yet, I find that even as adults, the kids might say, yeah, that's kind of hard to do sometimes. But listen, adults, I'm going to say that even for you and I, this is hard to do sometimes, to really listen through the lens of what James is talking about here. I think that even though this is a basic concept in our mind, sometimes it's really hard to do. For instance, you might remember as a kid, having a hard time sometimes listening to what mom and dad said to do or, or what not to do a lot of times as kids, right? And we've even got some of the kiddos in the room today, and so kids, you might understand that or realize that sometimes it's just really hard to listen and obey what mom and dad say to do. And parents in the room, we understand the frustration of of teaching your kids and talking to our kids and telling them what to do and what not to do, and when they fail to listen, it is so frustrating, right? Because you're like, oh, I know you know what to do, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, and yet, ooh, it's so frustrating that you don't do or or don't do those things, right? But let's think about it in more of like a relatable context for some of us in the room. How hard is it for you sometimes to listen to another person, particularly a person that you may not feel too fond about or super agree with a lot of times? How hard is it to listen to a person who who doesn't see anything almost the same as you do? Who doesn't believe the way you do? Who doesn't live the way you do? How hard is it to really listen to that person or those kinds of people sometimes? How hard is it for us to sometimes listen, not to just formulate our our crafty, clever response or my defense, but how hard is it for me sometimes to listen just to hear and know and understand the person that I'm talking to? How hard is it for us to do that? Can we be honest? Can we? Can we be honest and say that's really hard to do sometimes? That's really difficult to do sometimes. I just want to say that failing to do some of these things that James talks about in this passage, I think that I felt really convicted and convinced this week that failing to do some of these things can severely impact our witness in damaging ways. And so I think that this is something that we ought to pay attention to, to listen to, open up our hearts to this morning. You see, one of the ways I think that our Christ-like influence is impacted is when we fail to listen to hear or understand someone as I previously said, we might listen to someone just so that I can know how to better craft my response and what I need to say back to you in response to you to try to get you to see things the way I do. I know this doesn't speak for everyone here this morning, and maybe not everyone struggles with this, but but see, James says we ought to be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Am I alone in in seeing that sometimes we do the very opposite of this? Like, I'm almost concerned that we read this wrong at some point, and we're really confused because I I see in myself, I'll admit, in myself and in other people on social media, we have to go there because that's where we are today, right? This is such a prevalent thing in our society. I see so often that we are actually quite slow to listen. If we bother to listen at all, we don't listen very well, and we are very quick to respond, to speak back, to zap back at you, and we are very quick to get angry with one another on, on today, in these days that we are in. I mean, no matter what you disagree with somebody about, We all know the popular things that we're disagreeing on today, right? We don't even have to name them because we already know. We are quick to get angry at others, and we have zero space for empathy and listening these days. And I think it's concerning. And like I said, I hate to always go back to social media but i think we have to we have to address this this thing that that i see on social media i don't know maybe i'm alone i would love to hear you say you know i just get a totally different experience from social media it's really all pleasant and i walk away feeling better about the world and myself i, I don't know i walk away feeling really pessimistic about the world and about where we're going and the church and believers. I, I walk away often feeling just heavier and more frustrated and sad and depressed sometimes. And I think that there is this thing that plagues us, that we have such a deep desire to be heard. We all want to be heard Right, We want our voices to be heard. My voice matters. It's important, and I'm not saying that our voices aren't important, but I need to be heard. What I believe about this particular issue or thing going on is important, and I have lots of platforms to choose from where I can speak my voice and share my opinions and my mind, and I have to be heard. I think this idea of having to be heard plagues us because it really doesn't leave a lot of space for listening. We just want to be heard. We just want others to to hear what we think and what we believe, and there's not a lot of space for listening. And I think when this is particularly problematic is when we get angry at others and lash out at others. Anytime we do that, it's problematic. But I think it's particularly problematic and dangerous when we get angry at others and lash out at others on behalf of God, defending God. Let me share with you what Barbara Brown Taylor says about this. This was one of the more refreshing things I read on Facebook this week. She says, as a general rule, I would say that human beings never behave more badly toward one another than when they believe they are protecting God. Just think about that for a moment. This is an argument about whether or not we need to defend God or if God needs us to defend him. But think about the heart of what she's saying. That oftentimes, not always and not everyone, but oftentimes the worst in me comes out when I'm speaking on behalf of God. That's a problem. That's a problem if you see the worst in me or my social media page when I am speaking on behalf of God in the name of Jesus. I would say that that Barbara's words are heavy and kind of what I took from that is I am sometimes at my worst when I am using the name Jesus. We are in this unique moment where I feel like we're all just really tribal, right? And, And we're all just so isolated and separated from one another. And I think that this is a very important word for us because this is our moment, church, And I actually felt like when COVID started to become more of a concerning thing over a year ago, I really felt strongly, this is our moment. This is our moment to show the world who the church is and what doesn't define us, what does define us. And if I only knew then what I see and know now, oh, I was so wrong because not only I do still believe that that was a moment for us, but now as the world just continues to separate and divide and it's this tribalism within us, I think this, this is our moment to be and do differently to not respond to others with anger and this lashing out and tearing down and, 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 and it's so important for you to hear my voice and, and what you think or say is not important and I won't listen to that. I think now perhaps more than ever this is a time for us to really listen To James's word and listen to other people, to see them, to understand them, and to know how to love them as Jesus loves them. It seems as though James wants us to understand something that our human anger toward a person or toward people is actually not gonna help us accomplish the mission we're called to, right? Do you see that? I think James is saying, hey, I know you think that this might be the way to go sometimes, but I'm just going to tell you that this is not what it looks like to be the people of God, lashing out in anger, lashing out at one another, speaking without thinking, or letting the Holy Spirit speak into that. This is not how we're going to accomplish the mission. And just to remind you, if you're confused by what I mean by mission, this partnering with the Holy Spirit, seeking and loving the lost and pointing them to the hope and truth and redemption and salvation in King Jesus. That's the mission that we're called to. And it seems as James is arguing that this lashing out in anger and and speaking without listening is damaging our witness and it's certainly not helping us to accomplish this mission. It's as if James is saying, listen, love, peace, and humility, that is what we see in Jesus and church. That is what this world needs to see in us. It doesn't mean you can't have opinions. It doesn't mean that you should just fold and and see things the way others do and fold and cave into to living the way they live or voting how they vote or whatever. It doesn't mean you can't have your own thoughts and opinions. It just means Approaching others who believe and live differently from a place of love, peace, humility, listening, seeking to see and understand the other person. I don't think it's a coincidence that earlier in the book or earlier in the chapter, you know, James talks about being deceived and the things that deceive us as people, temptations and things that deceive us. And I think one of the evil desires that we are tempted by is this desire to always be heard and to be right. And I think that's something that we have got to lay down and move away from because James is saying this anger does not produce what God is looking for, what God desires. You're not going to accomplish anything by lashing out and getting angry, participating in social media wars, posting offensive things about people you don't like or people you disagree with this is not helping us to accomplish our mission. I'm afraid it's just setting us back even further. And so as as much as I hate to keep coming back to that, I just think that we need to set the example there and remind ourselves that sometimes the best thing to do is just hit delete, get up, walk away, and go find someone to have a conversation with. Just go talk to another living, breathing person that's sitting in the same room as you. And just have a conversation in order to see them, hear them, and understand them. Church, our lashing out, our human anger toward others, it's not going to help us accomplish the mission that we've been called to. But James goes on to talk about what will help us to accomplish this mission. And here's what he says. He says, do not listen to the word only, and in doing so deceive yourselves. Do not only or merely listen to the word, and in doing so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. He goes on and he says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And that is a metaphor that James used that would have been perfectly heard and understand by his audience. They would have understood what he meant. And it's this metaphor that, that we kind of might chuckle at at first or think, wow, that's a really silly, simple, elementary metaphor. But think about the absurd of, absurdity of it for just a moment. That James is saying that this is what it is like to open up God's Word, to sit down and read it, And then to get up and walk away as if you never read what you just read because it doesn't change how you live. It doesn't change how you be or do, if you will, right? And James said, this is how absurd it is to walk up into a mirror with the intentions of fixing your appearance, picking that piece of spinach out of your teeth and actually walking away and forgetting to do so the moment you walk away from the mirror or not even doing what you were going to do when you went to look in the mirror. Are you with me? James is saying that's how absurd it is for us to sit down, open up God's word and read it, and then we get up and walk away completely unchanged, doing nothing or doing nothing differently. Jesus also had something to say about this. Jesus had his own way of putting what James says. He has his own metaphor that he uses at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7. Jesus has just delivered this amazing sermon, and he has basically given us these guidelines as to how we are to live as changed, saved people of God, as Christians, followers of Jesus. This is what it looks like. And at the very end of that sermon, in chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, in other words, you do these things, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock." But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice or does not do these things is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. See, I think one of the mistakes we make in reading that passage, reading those words from Jesus, is we might make the mistake of jumping to the conclusion or assuming that Jesus was talking about Christians and non-Christians, that the Christians are the ones whose house is built on a solid rock and it will stand, and the non-Christians are just going to be washed away, right? That, that, that might be a misunderstanding of what Jesus was saying, because it's possible that Jesus was saying, no, no both Christians, both followers, but these are the ones that actually did what I said and lived how I ordered or instructed them and guided them to live, and these are the ones who didn't do anything. These are the ones who ignored the way that I called them to live and be. I mentioned earlier this this idea of being deceived and giving in to our evil desires, and I just have to say, that we are perhaps never more deceived than when we believe that simply reading a devotional every morning or coming to gather in this place every Sunday at 10.30 and singing a few worship songs, that if this is all we think it is to be a follower of Jesus and we do nothing else, then I am afraid we have been deceived, that we're in trouble, but the enemy is delighted. I think that we have to be very careful in thinking that doing these things that that we think is enough that just showing up to church or just reading my daily devotional but not actually doing what it said I think the enemy loves nothing more than these comfortable Christians that are just looking for that feel-good moment once a week, that feel-good sermon, or in this case, the not feel-so-good sermon, and I'd really rather it be over now, thank you, so I can get on with my life, I'm feeling, you know, less uncomfortable than I do right now. But, but we're looking for these feel-good, fuzzy, warm and fuzzy moments, and then we walk away as if we hadn't actually heard what we just heard because we're not moved to do what we've been called to do. Scholar C. Jean Soreo puts it like this, what I'm trying to say. She says so much better. She says, hearers and doers of the word belong to two distinct categories. Those who only hear do not change their lifestyle to obey what God says. But the doers hear the word and conform their lifestyle to that word. In other words, it's one thing to hear God's word, it's one thing to read God's word, it's one thing to appreciate God's word. But it's another to give yourself to that word each and every moment of each and every day. Letting that word guide and lead your every word, thought, and action to either your best of friends or to your greatest irritants. And I am very fearful that at times, myself included, that at times it's all too easy for us to look in the mirror, so to speak and then walk away completely forgetting to reflect Jesus. We've forgotten what we looked like. We have forgotten what we've been called to look like, who we've been called to reflect. And I think it's time to return back to what Jesus and who Jesus called us to be. You see, getting angry and lashing out at people, this will not set us apart from the world This will not help us to accomplish our mission, and this will not point others to the love and peace of Jesus. Listening for any other reason than to hear and see and know someone, to love them like Jesus, this will not set us apart from the world. This will not help us accomplish our mission. This will not point others to the peace and love of Jesus reading or hearing the word of God but walking away unchanged not doing what we've been called to do not doing anything differently will not set us apart from the world it does not help us accomplish our mission and it will not point others to the love and peace found in Jesus but James is saying You want to be religious? And we could have a totally different conversation on what that word means. But James is essentially saying we can understand it as, do you want to look like Jesus? Do you want to know what it means to reflect, to look like Jesus, to bear his image in the world? James says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight ring on their tongue, you deceive yourselves, your religion is worthless. And if worthless isn't heavy enough for you, how about your religion is useless, it's unreal, it's ineffectual, it's godless, it's without a purpose. But do you want to know what real religion looks like? Do you want to know what it really looks like to bear the image of Jesus? Do you want to know what worship looks like, what God is looking for, what you can do that will be acceptable? Do this. James says, Essentially, reach out and bring those in who the world forgets. Move toward those who society moves away from. Bring those in who are so easily forgotten. In James' context, that was the widows and orphans. And and I don't think we're in a much different place today because there's how many churches and Christians in the world, and when you do the math compared to how many displaced children there are, It's very depressing, and we are not doing what we've been called to do, but that's another story for another time. James is saying, do you want to know what God is looking for, how you can bear the image of Jesus, and it actually make a difference in your mission, and it points others to him? He says, then live out what you've been called to do, what Jesus calls you to do, what he did and would do loving our enemies, listening to those who are opposite from us, giving up our time for others, serving others, sacrificing things for myself for the sake and the good of others, listening to know and understand and respond with the patience, love, grace, and goodness from the Holy Spirit. Help the powerless. Stand in the gap for those who need you to stand in the gap for them. Give water to the thirsty, give clothing to the naked, give bread for the hungry. Serve and love your spouse and your kids like Jesus would. Get rid of that habit that doesn't reflect the person and redemption of King Jesus. Give yourself to the mission and the ministry, to the church, however you've been called to do that. Know that we can't do these things on our own, so you're gonna need to surround yourself with fellowship and a community and accountability. You need someone to disciple you and to help you do these things. This is what will help us to accomplish the mission that we've been called to. This is what will set us apart. This is how we do what Jesus called us to do and how we live how Jesus called us to live. I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up. And I'm just going to ask ahead of time, forgive me for asking you way more questions than probably what you want to be asked this morning. But I don't know what you needed to hear in this passage. I don't know which part of James' wisdom and teaching you needed today. And so I just want to ask, who do you need to listen to who is it that you really need to listen to not just to formulate your best defense or to gather your put in them put them in their place response but who do you need to listen to to hear and understand When was the last time you listened to someone just to simply know and understand them not even to respond and if and when you do decide that you should respond, because that's slow to speak, right? So we should, there should be a process there. I should have allowed the Holy Spirit space to give me the go-ahead to say what I so badly want to say. And that should be dripped in the goodness, patience, and grace, and love of the Holy Spirit of God that lives within me. So when you do decide that you should respond, have you allowed the Holy Spirit to speak in and through you first? Another question for us today is, will we seek to represent Jesus with our love and our words, even if it means disagreeing with someone at the end of the day? When was the last time you found yourself submitting to the words and teachings or promptings of Jesus? Do you allow Jesus and his words to shape your every moment with others? Do you allow Jesus and his words to shape your going and coming each and every day? When was the last time the Holy Spirit called you to do something and you didn't listen? Church, part of this community is is repentance and confession. And we can confess, I can confess to you as your pastor this morning that there are plenty of times where I might feel a prompting from the Holy Spirit and I just didn't have, I didn't do what he called me to do. I want you to know that it's okay to name those moments for yourself. When was the last time you felt that nudge, you felt that prompting, but you just didn't do it for whatever reason? What might the Holy Spirit be calling you to do that you haven't done? Church, do you know that Jesus has not called us to be passive followers? Do you know that there is something required of of us each and every day as we leave our house and bear the image and name of King Jesus? Do you know that we are to live out his love and his teachings each and every day, each and every moment? Do you know that coming into this building, although it's great, and the first thing I say to you each week is, I'm so glad you're here, I'm so glad we're together in this space, but do you know that even though that's great and it helps that there is so much more for you to do, when you leave this place. Did you know and do you know? Maybe you just need to hear it again that when you leave this place, you're entering into your mission field and now the work begins. Do we know that? Do we live that? When we leave this place, do we live consciously thinking, okay, Lord, where are you gonna take me? Show me, help me to go, help me to follow. Do you know that we're not just talking about checking off boxes? I want you to hear me. Do you know that I'm not just telling you to do things that, that you can pat yourself on the back for and, and you check that box and you did the Christian thing today, but that's it. That's You're done for the week, the month, the year. Church, we aren't talking about earning your salvation or working for your salvation. We're talking about obedience. We're talking about submitting your every moment, word, thoughts, and action to Jesus and living as his sent ones. And we might wear that label Christian, but what does that mean for you? How does that change the way that you respond to others? How does that change what you do and how you live each and every day? And if you're saying, well, you know what? It really hasn't changed anything. Then I would just ask you to submit once again in this space. To Jesus, ask him to show you where you didn't do what he was calling you to do. Ask him to forgive you and to help you, and he will. I promise you, when you submit your everything to Jesus and ask him to help you to live for him in everything you think, say, and do, you better watch out because he's going to do it. He's going to embolden you in ways that you never thought possible. I want that. I want to be that. When the world sees me, I want them to see Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning as we sing this song and as we spend some time in response, would you pray that when the world sees us that they would see Jesus? Let's believe that and pray that and and think about that today.
1: sing this song with us this morning. This is my desire to honor my Please. desire lord have your way in me lord i give you my heart i give you my soul
0: we just pray this morning that you would continue to have your way within us today lord help us through the power of your holy spirit may we recognize right here and right now that we can't do any of this on our own It is only and completely through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us that we would even think we could live how you've called us to live. God, may that take some pressure off of us to know that all we have to do is submit to you to just lay down myself, my selfish desires, My anger toward others, help me to lay that down so that I can be open and willing to receive your Holy Spirit that wants to move and work within me, pointing others to the love, to the peace, the goodness, the redeeming, saving grace of King Jesus. God, I pray that it would not be lost on us that this is a moment for the church. This is a moment for the church, for those you have called to show the world that there is a different way, to show the world that we can and will continue to be the love that this loveless world needs. God, help us to see that, that through the power of your spirit, we need to show up and be the grace that this graceless world needs. God, help us to be people of empathy. The world needs a holy Christ-like empathy in these days to just hear and listen so that we might pray and ask the Holy Spirit, how do you want to use me in this moment? Help us to be sure, God, that whatever we think we need to do or say in this moment is probably not the right thing. And help us to submit to your words and your love and your way. God, would you help us to start right here in this place? May we be able to come alongside one another in love and in unity. And that God, if there is anything broken in this place that needs to be restored and redeemed and renewed, may you start here with us. May we confess and and ask for forgiveness if we have wronged one another in this place, if we've hurt a brother or a sister, if we've lashed out or offended. May we be able to humble ourselves and with your help and love, make things right again. May we be able to be unified in love with brother and sister and that we could go out into the world and together be what the world needs. And that's only Jesus. It's only you, Jesus. You are the only hope in this world. We will not lose hope we today renew our called, our calling. We say yes again to you, Jesus. Send me, embolden me, go before me, help me, use me. Help me to love those who I come in contact with each and every day. Help me point them to you, Lord Jesus. Give us the eyes to see. Give us the ears to hear. Help us, Lord. God, I thank you for what you are doing in this space this morning. Lord, you deserve 100% of the credit because it's all you. God, I pray that you wouldn't stop. Keep doing a new thing within us. Keep doing a new thing among us. And we will continue to wait, hopefully and expectantly, on you, Lord Jesus. And all God's people who are called, said together, amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, before we uh, dismiss this morning, we just have a few uh, quick announcements. And um, as I start, I'm going to ask Kathy and Mike to come up here. Is Kathy already up? Oh, here she is. Okay. Um, Well, I just want to share with you, remind you that Lunch Bunch will meet again this Wednesday. That's this Wednesday, September 29th at noon. And we're going to be meeting at Easy Buffet. And um, a second thing that I want to tell you about to put on your calendars, well, let me just kind of give you a little bit of a, of a preface first. So on October 16th, that's a Saturday, um, our church is wanting to host a block party um, out here in our parking lot and in our field uh, specific for our neighbors here on Lake Christine Drive. So, you know, according to... What we've talked about this summer, in accordance with what we've talked about this summer, we've we've talked about how we want to be uh, neighbors that are in our community for our community, and we don't really know how to do that, how we can be that until we know who our neighbors are, and so we want to do that at home, individually, with our own families and our own neighborhoods, but we as a church want to do that and be that in our neighborhood right here where God has placed us, and so we want to have a block party. This is a block party that's just for the, the residents that live anywhere on Lake Christine Drive, starting with the apartment complex and going as far back as, as the neighborhood goes, back to Lake Christine. Uh, and so we've begun the planning for this, and and we would love to invite you to sign up to help us with this. But here's what I want to say. First of all, we don't expect everyone to sign up to come to this event, because I want you to understand that this is not really an event for the church It's an event where the church is showing up as neighbors only, Christ-like neighbors only, right? Ready to just meet and and love our neighbors. And so if that doesn't sound like something you want to do, if meeting new people intimidates you and you find yourself to be more of an introvert and this does not sound like the kind of thing that will give you life, then you do not need to feel obligated to sign up and come. But we want to ask those who who enjoy meeting new people and and want to meet the neighbors on on this road so that we can know how to be good neighbors for them and to them that I want to encourage you to sign up but just know that this is it's okay that not everybody will feel led or called to attend this particular event, okay? So after you think about that, pray about that if you'd like, um, you can sign up to come to that. And we will do burgers and hot dogs. And we're inviting our neighbors to participate. So we're inviting our neighbors to bring sides and desserts and, and drinks and yard games and things like that. Um, and our neighbors have already been hearing this about this, and they'll continue to do so. So I just want you to be aware of that, okay? Um, And then also, I want to let you know that next week, uh, Bo and I are going to be at a pastor's and spouse retreat, and so we are going to have a combined service next week with Belleville Hispanic, and Pastor Omar will be preaching, um, and that's going to be a great time together with with our brothers and sisters over there, and so I just wanted to uh, let you know about that, and then I'm going to ask Kathy to come and share some really exciting news with us today. There we go. It's done. It's okay.
2: Thank you. There we go. All right. I'm coming to
3: you. So July of 2019, a little over two years ago, um, we had a roof above us that was having problems and we needed to replace the roof. And we did not have money in reserves to do that. And so the church board decided we needed to borrow money to do that. We also decided to add to that project renovating our bathrooms, which we literally had been talking for 15 years or more (laughs) about doing that. They needed some freshing up, but we also wanted to make them ADA compliant, and then we also needed to fix our stair rail. Um, it was not up to code, but we were grandfathered in because of when that was built, but it was not high enough. The balusters weren't far enough apart. We just we wanted to make the building safe. So at that point, we only had $27,000 in debt for the church. We were so close to being out of debt. but. We had to deal with these projects so the church board decided to take out a hundred thousand dollar loan and get those projects done and we went to you and we mailed out a letter and we mailed out pledge cards and we said will you make pledges and help us pay this off and you guys were faithful um, to do that and God was faithful to work through you to do that so last September I came to you to give you a report a little over a year after we had done this and um, I reported to you that we had paid off $55,000 of that $100,000 loan already, which was amazing. And yes, and and so at that time we said, you know what? If we were able to do that, um, would you be willing to pledge again for another year if you gave? And so we had pledge cards again last September, and we said, would you give? So now here I am a year later to update you. If you notice in the bulletin, at the end of every towards the end of every month, we give a little finance report in here. And it tells you in there, we always put what the loan balance is, and it says that the loan balance is $24,641, which is not true. <laughs> that was the loan balance as of the end of August, because this is a report for August. But we had some more money to transfer in. What we had decided as a board to do our monthly loan payment was about $1,200. We decided we're going to go ahead and pay that $1,200 payment out of our regular operating funds. But any money that came in that was that was um, given specifically for the loan payment, we said we're going to put that towards the principal. So here I am to tell you this morning, 27 months after taking out that loan, which it, our debt was $127,000, 27 months later, during a pandemic, we have paid off all at $18,000. So our debt right now is just a little over $18,000. So we have paid off over $109,000 in 27 months. Praise the Lord. Um, there is a podcast I listen to. Karen and I love this podcast, and it's two crazy ladies, and the one lady, big Southern accent, when something good happens, she just says, won't he do it? And so just imagine... <laughs> Her southern accent saying, "Won't he do it?" It's just, it's amazing. So, what the church board has decided is, we want to pay this off. We would love to have this eighteen thousand dollars paid off by the end of the year. So, what we're going to do is, during the month of October, we're going to ask you to give. We are not sending out pledge cards. We're not asking you to tell us what what you're going to give. Just give. Um, we've got five weeks. Um, October 31st is a Sunday, and so we've got five weeks to see. What God will do through you. Um, just pray about what He will um, ask you to give. You can, if you give online, it says capital improvement, church renovation. That's the line that um, goes towards the loan. If you want to write a check, just put either loan payment or church renovation, something like that. But um, I'm excited, and we, I mean, as a church board, we've just been amazed to see how a church our size has paid off this kind of debt in in that amount of time. So thank you for your faithfulness, and I look forward to coming back in November and letting you know where we're at. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Kathy. And, yeah, we just wanted to, yes. Um, I, as a new person here, new pastor, new member here, I just think that that is really incredible. Uh, thank you guys for your faithfulness, and we thank God for his faithfulness, and we just wanted to in- invite you to kind of get us toward that finish line so that we can celebrate together, right? We just wanted to extend that out to you, and we look forward to celebrating that together and most importantly, we look forward to asking God, okay, what's next, Lord? What, what is the next thing that you want to see uh, in us, and, and, and how can we partner again together for your kingdom? And so we're just excited to be praying that together. Uh, so we want to invite you to continue to pray that with us, okay? All right, thank you so much. So let's stand up together this morning. Thank you for bearing with us as we had a lot of updates to share with you. And I just want to say, brothers and sisters in Christ, it is such a joy to be in this community with you. And I pray that you would go in the power and the love of Jesus and that you would faithfully point others to him through what you say and do this week. Go in his peace and grace. You are dismissed. Have a great day.